0: Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. So how's life going?
1: Uh, oh, it's good. Staying busy? I, obviously, yes, always. I've got for, too much for, going on. For good around. or for ill. Yeah, well, you gotta you got do what you gotta do. Gotta pay the bills, right? Oh, I tell you what, you gots to make money. <laughs> Everybody's gots to make money gotta get that green
0: (laughs) something like that I've been I've been too busy so um, I know this is going to come out after but we're really sorry that we haven't released episodes we've recorded them they're just they just (laughs) aren't getting released (laughs) they just aren't getting released because we've been I think all of us have been a little busy summertime, ending summer, getting ready for conferences, getting ready for uh, training
1: Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, it's that's hard. It's a lot of work, man. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how I do it either.
0: Just just I mean, I
1: do know how I do it, which is to say, inefficiently. That happens. That's yeah. okay.
0: That's that's how I do everything. I'm uh, you know, it's like two months out, three months out, October for Gig City. Oh, for yeah, for Gig City. Yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm like I'm completely at a loss for my talk. Uh, I. I've done, like, two brainstorming sessions on just topic ideas, and I, I went through two or three topics and, and uh, tried to do, like, you know, the preliminary talk. That's kind of how I do it. I try to see what I can just blurb out of my head without looking stuff up, and I felt like they were going nowhere. So, I don't know. I'm stressing out about that. We'll see. It'll be exciting. Either way. just get up there and wing it, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No slides, just talking. Exactly. Uh, So I've been hearing a lot of people lately um, talking about, like, why don't we just use Erlang or um, Erlang documentation, Erlang syntax. I don't know if you have any opinions on that. On Erlang? Yeah, or, like, why don't we just use Erlang? I don't know. I don't got time for that. (laughs) I really like the tools in Elixir, like mix and things like that. That's what
1: I like. Wait, I mean, going. I would not write. What's the right way to say this? Uh, I'm in this community to write Elixir, and like I wouldn't write Erlang. Like if Elixir didn't exist or whatever, like I would just move on. Yeah, I can. Like I don't. I, I don't. I don't have any justification for that. I have no logical thought-out justification for that. But if you told me today, like, we're taking Elixir away, do you want to move to a new runtime or do you want to just learn Erlang? I can tell you immediately that I would just move to a new runtime. Why is that? Why? Emotional? (sighs) No, I mean, yeah, 100% emotional. Like, I don't have a single logical thing, and that makes no sense. Like, on the face of it, it makes no sense. Right? Because the bent, like you know, one of the major benefits that we get is the runtime, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just wouldn't. And, and the documentation. Yeah. I mean, just, well, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, for me, like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that anybody who feels differently is wrong or something like that, but like, I mean, just for me personally, like, yeah, I would just, I just pack up. So uh, I carpet, I, carpet w- bag on out of here. I, I see,
0: and I, I kind of feel the same way as you, uh, and, and I like Erlang. I've done Erlang in the past, uh, but I didn't jump on it. I didn't want to keep jumping on it. It was like, oh, it's cool. The runtime's really awesome. Um, but I never felt like I really liked working in the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've debated recently of trying it again, um, doing a little more, at least to give back to the community, because I think giving back to you know, you, you give back to like Hackney or something, then you're still giving back to the, the Elixir community. So I think learning some Erlang to, to be able to dig in and, and give back in those ways is great, but I still don't enjoy writing it uh, like I do Elixir. And I think that's what drew me to Elixir ultimately, is I had you know, a little bit of Ruby, so I heard about Elixir through the Ruby community. I had some Erlang experience but it may- took that Erlang experience and made me enjoy it
1: <laughs> instead
0: yeah. of feeling like the only reason I wrote Erlang is because of OTP.
1: Right. Well, and the heart wants what the heart wants. Like, if if it doesn't if it doesn't satisfy you, which it doesn't for me, then yeah, I'll just go find something that does. There's plenty of other like things that would satisfy that for me. Um, what are some? What are some of the other things that you enjoy? Other languages? Oh, other things yeah. I enjoy. I really like Whoa, the show community. No, the what? <laughs> I met I meant languages. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, languages. I like. I don't know. I really enjoy Closure. I enjoy the design. I enjoy like most of the design of Closure. I think it's like it's really fun. It's a fun language to work in. I like Racket a lot. I like Lisps in general, kind of. Racket's mm-hmm. a really cool language. You should check that out if you've not played with it before.
0: I've not played with Racket. I know about it, but never played with it.
1: Yeah, Racket's like really interesting. It Has a totally different way of of looking at the world, um, which I think is fun and interesting. I really like Ponylang. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fun language to play around in. What's other like? What's stuff that's like fun what, that I like act- actively sort of enjoy? I don't know. Those are the things that like come to come to my mind when I think about you know other things that I enjoy working with and and fiddling around with So not haskell it's not in that list no I mean Haskell's fine <laughs> i I just I yeah I, I like Haskell fine I like Haskell well enough I just it's not it doesn't like speak to me in some in some specific ways that I miss out on in the same way that like it's it's like it it kind of falls in the same place of like where i i feel how i feel about like rust and go it's like yeah. these are they're fine languages like whatever you know they they don't necessarily like they aren't always to like my taste but that doesn't really matter that much like they're useful tools all these things are useful and and like i think that for me it's like uh if there was no elixir Erlang would fall into that category of like things that I would tolerate if the problem warranted me working on it You know what I mean like yeah if 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 it was like a perfect problem for that i'd I would be more inclined to like use Erlang that's kind of how I that's like the, the, it falls in the same category as like Haskell or rust for me it's like or go it's like these are things that I know but they're not things that like I enjoy a whole lot mm-hmm. I'm happy to know them but uh yeah my focus is more on like just, I don't know, a different different branch of things. So, so what draws you to
0: a language? Because like for me, I really like the way that like Haskell makes me think, makes me think very differently a lot mm-hmm. of times. And but I don't like to read Haskell. It, mm-hmm. And maybe that's just like a time thing. Like maybe if I do it for two years, I'll I'll be fine at. But it makes my head hurt. <laughs> to look at Haskell, especially if someone else's it's so like uh, terse is that the right word it's so yeah there's there's it's, so it's little got a lot of syntax pearl. it's
1: got a lot of pearlism in there it's, it's got like <laughs> it's magic symbols that do crap uh <laughs> and and every function i really have
0: to like sit down and think about uh the composition operator for instance like mm-hmm. I, every time i see it i have to think about it and then uh what is it the reverse the dollar sign mm mm-hmm. mhm and then I have to think about okay, what is this going to end up doing, and how does this get processed? And it just makes my head throb.
1: And there's all the built <laughs> there's all the built in, uh, like there's all the the built in composition stuff. Like mm-hmm. you have like the different types, the different op- applicative um, compositions. Mm-hmm. Like you have the open gator mouth star, close gator mouth. But then you also have variants of those, so it's like compose these things, but discard the left or right sides, and then you have the bind operator, and like there's a whole bunch of others, none of which um, have good names that are like that that are discoverable. I mean, bind is obviously like that's a name that people know, but like if you look at the docs, you just see the function, and the function is some infix operator. And it does not say that that what the actual official name of the thing is. So all of it's impossible to discover. And that's setting aside that's just like just what's in core, and setting aside all the other packages and language uh, extensions and all this crap that that people have added to Haskell with their own infix operators. So like if you look at lenses or anything around like lens or optics or any of that stuff, mm-hmm. it's a total mess because it uses all these bonkers infix operators to do certain things and none of it is discoverable you like none of it's googleable you can't figure (laughs) out what any of it does like it's just it's so opaque it's hard to google slash arrow (laughs) yeah it's just it's so it's so wild there's a lot of that and i think like if you do understand those things it's sort of a you know it's not j i don't know if you've ever looked at the language j i have not oh man That's a whole different thing. That's a different level of, of Pearlism right there. It's got, it's like J is probably the tersest language I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Full stop. Actually. Now that I think about that. Now Uh, I feel like I have to go look it up. It's, it's wild. It's, it's like really, really wild. Um, Slashes and backslashes and all these kinds of things everywhere. It just,
0: is, is this like a real used language? Like people use people, J for production I don't know. And stuff? I mean, I,
1: don't, I mean, there might be tens of people, but I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's like it's probably more than that. But yeah, that's that's a wild language, um, and that's like, and that and that's not even getting into like the the suit the class of ridiculous languages that are intentionally opaque and and just made out of symbols like PA. Yeah, oh, like... Oh, that one's, yeah. That one's colors. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you mean that there's, like, the, there's like the goofball languages, but, like, Jay, like, takes itself seriously, for what I can tell. Like, Jay assumes that this is good, that this is actually what oh, you man. want, you know? And the same with Haskell. Like, Haskell uses all these infix operators everywhere because it presumes that that is, like, the right way to do these things. Or you look at, like, TLA that has, like, magic comments everywhere that do important things or... You know all the all the kind of like using like the formal logic symbols of stuff, but that mm-hmm. that isn't that that doesn't translate as well to what, how how programmers generally use symbols and stuff like that. So it's a whole right, different and thing.
0: It, it gets really hard to to Google, like you said, when you start getting into languages that use a lot of symbols mm-hmm. instead of words. But yeah, one one Haskell's thing get... hard
1: to read. I think I think well, I disagree
0: well, with that. Haskell's hard. To the read. one the one thing that gets me in Haskell and makes it hardest to read for me is. Uh, currying, and you know the fact that there's no curly braces or not curly braces, um, parentheses, or at least not very often. So it's almost like I really need to know exactly what that function takes before I know if this is actually going to do anything, or is it going to hand me back a function that takes another argument or five or whatever? I, like I have to know every little step in there really well, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's. So currying, as much as I really like it and think it's super powerful, it also makes my brain hurt when I'm trying to re- comprehend something.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, I think all that stuff is
0: is tricky. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I, I thought about this
0: because I've had a couple people bring up Erlang, and why why aren't we just using Erlang? And these are people that are pretty involved in the Elixir community itself too.
1: And then. Um, because uh, get off my lawn like i like, that's... i get ang- no i mean honestly like i don't i don't want to be like a jerk about this but i actually get like really really pissed like when people like make claims and statements like that that like actually cuz that that really gets down to this thing that i'm i feel very for, just recently i've been like more and more angry about which is basically people telling other people how to live their lives and that's what that is to me that's cuz it's it's a, a pseudo judgment on everybody who decides that like they don't want to do that and there's freaking good reasons that, like, people choose to do whatever they do, Uh, not the least of which is it's my decision. (laughs) Like, it's my time. You don't get to come here and tell me how to spend my time. If you want to come over here and mow my lawn, you can tell me to use Erlang instead of Elixir. (laughs) Uh, And I'll be happy to listen to you.
0: I don't mean that they're telling me to do it. They're just saying why don't we? And then and then post a Because F you, that's why.
1: Like no, that's like even asking that question is galling to me. Asking that question is is not you. I'm not I'm not mad at you. I'm not I know you're just asking me, but like asking that question at all, like uh presumes that there's a right answer there. And screw you. Like, because I don't want to. How about that? (laughs) That's my answer to you.
0: For me, it's like, well, it, it it just made me think, like, why do I why do I gravitate towards Elixir more than Erlang? And so I thought it was an interesting thought process. Yes, I think some of the people who have asked recently, it was loaded. Uh, and, but, but not no, all I got of them. A big lawn, i got a
1: big lawn out here and a lawnmower <laughs> filled up with gas. So come on down and I'll, I'll even start <laughs> it for you. And you can mow my lawn while I sit there drinking a beer on my, on my back porch. And I'll watch you and I'll make sure you weed eat correctly. And then when you're done, you can come over here and tell me why, do you, why I should be using Erlang instead of Elixir. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, screw you. (laughs) There is a lot of that.
0: Uh, I also had um, a friend of the show, Samuel Mullen, is uh, writing an article about Erling syntax um, and you know using it for um, digging how to like so that your Elixir can get better by you being able to get into the libraries that are underneath there that we're using like Hackney, Mm -hmm. and so he's and and he. One of the things he points out in there that I thought was brilliant is you go to the introduction page for Erlang in their docs. Mm -hmm. instead of it being like, here's a small Hello World program to get you used to the syntax, it just tells you what the guide is not going to tell you. It's like, hey, we're not going to talk about this and this and this and this. (laughs) So even the introduction is off-putting. Yeah, Um, that sounds all right. So, so. They could they could do with some some more friendly docs I think would would make a big difference too but so that that's just why I was thinking about it uh, and and wanted to bring it up and get get your take on it
1: no it's it's, it's a good question and I, I, I like in the sense that uh, it's it's an interesting question to figure out like what what attracts me to elixir specifically uh, and I think mm-hmm. what what and, and it's like at the end of the day it's really not the runtime. That's the interesting thing to me. For me personally, I get why people are attracted to that, and if you do enjoy Erlang more than elixir, like I don't care, like that doesn't that bother me. Like go forth and live your life, you know <laughs> write I mean? some like, Erlang, yeah, yeah like, use do, it for do, my, do whatever, my elixir. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Like I, I think that that's fine, but it is interesting to me because there's something interesting about that language. As many uh, as you know, as there are, there's definitely things about elixir that I don't love, and I think that there are. Plenty of things in Erlang that are that are fine and good and might even be improvements over the way that stuff is handled in Elixir. In some cases, there are certain like like Erlang tends to be a little a little more terse, just uh, generally when I look at it for a certain op- for a certain class of operations. I think that's fine. There are some desirable things about about Erlang, but, uh, but yeah, there's for some for whatever reason, like I'm just way more attracted to, to working in Elixir, and I find that to be very. I don't know. Yeah, I just like a lot of that workflow. I like a lot of the like the tooling is really good. Like you were saying, just the language itself is is fun to work in. Um, there's plenty of like little things about the language that I really like, which you know everyone else like thinks is bad, but like I like macros. I like the fact that we have macros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um Like like real mac like like actual quote and unquote and ASTs and and this kind of stuff. You know, I like that. I like that about the language. I like that there's. I like certain semantics about the language. Like that's all very pleasant for me to be able to to work in. Uh, and I don't think I would want to just swap that out just cause, you know,
0: so, so is there anything that you would like to pull from Erlang into Elixir if you could, or to change about Elixir to be more like Erlang? I have one.
1: Oh, you, you go then. Cause I'm, I don't know. Right. Uh,
0: rebinding of variables. And the reason why is because I watch that the fact that people want to use a match operator and mm-hmm. they're rebinding because they forget the carrot. Mm. Um, so I actually would like it if we didn't allow rebinding. But at the same time, when I want to rebind, it's really convenient. <laughs> but I frequently find myself not rebinding anyway, like I'll, I'll say state and new state so yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't rebind very often anyway. I, yeah, so I don't really I kinda, mind. Re-binding. I kind of wish it wasn't there because then I think we could get rid of the carrot and and have a little. I think I feel that that becomes confusing for new people. Like when do I use the carrot and when do
1: I not? Yeah, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. I don't know that it bothers me too much personally. I'm trying to think. Like I I can't think of. Yeah, I can't think of... Nothing's coming to mind. Nothing's coming to mind. For things that I feel like we ought to just, like, crib from Erlang. Or ways in which I think Elixir would be better if it was more like Erlang. In my in my opinion, I actually think the opposite. I think Elixir would be better if it was less like Erlang, in certain respects. Can, can
0: you give me an example where it is like Erling that you, you think it would be better if it wasn't? Um, not that it, not that you can go change the language now. Like this language has become way too used to start changing major things. But
1: I mean, I talked about this before. Um, I well, hmm. the one the stuff that comes to mind is the stuff I always bring up, which is like data structures. Mm-hmm. Like I wish we just wouldn't cleave as close to like the the internal data structures of Erlang. It's useful for interop, but like, you know, I don't, I don't know how useful all that stuff is in in practice as compared to uh, supporting other types of data structures. <sighs> yeah, uh, you know, there's there's all that kind of stuff. Uh, I I really like dialyzer. Like, I don't, I don't think dialyzer support should be like, is is that worth it for Elixir? Ooh, and I like it. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like I, I said this on the uh, on the on the episode I did when I was sort of by myself, but I, I actually think, like that's the first thing I would remove from Elixir if I had my way around it. Is I would I would remove like the the tight ty- all the types declaration stuff and spec declaration stuff that like explicitly ties into the Dialyzer stuff. Like, I could just remove would you, that.
0: Would you s- wanted? Different type declaration syntax, or yeah, not I mean,
1: at all? I, no, no. I think like I think like having the type declaration stuff exist is really useful. Like good documentation, it's good for documentation, all that stuff. But it also needs to be verifiable, and right now it's not. Like because all this, like not everybody even runs Dialyzer on their projects. Dialyzer is not very good. Like for for working Elixir people. Um.
0: Like, Why is it not very good? It,
1: because it doesn't, because, uh, uh, because <laughs> like, so Dialyzer already is, like, you know, it it it's based on the whole success sex, sex typing stuff. It, um, you know, it's not supposed to give you false positives and all those kinds of things. Except in Elixir, it totally can give you false positives because it doesn't understand Elixir. Like, it's a first-class thing, right? So you have to do this, like, compilation step and then get down into the, you know, you get, you got to get back to Erlang before you can kind of run it against it. And then on the way back out, you have to do a translation back into Elixir in order to give meaningful errors. But also because of the way that Elixir works, as far as I understand, Dialyzer has a much harder time inferring things because it just has less like access. It has less knowledge about the about the system. And then there's like certain things that it just doesn't know anything about, like basically like anything that uses protocols. Yeah. yeah. It just uh, doesn't know anything about that. And I, then I've it bra- so it write- breaks constantly on protocols. Um, I've seen macros for uh, implementing
0: protocols for every type, basic type, so that you don't get the dialyzer warning. It just yeah. implements them to throw an error.
1: <laughs> and it's just it's like it's a chore to set up. Uh, it's a chore to run. It's a chore to f- add to your project and have it like and and like gradually <laughs> add it and have it fix errors. Like and and even then it's like it's the fu- it's a false sense of security. Because like what are you catching? You're catching like the lowest possible hanging fruit. Um, and I I honestly for me, the 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 ROI on that investment is not there. And I think having it built into the language is useful in it as much as it's useful for documentation, but because it's attached to the dialyzer like syntax and all this crap, it locks out the ability to do anything different. Like you can't just support some other potentially better, like more semantically meaningful way of declaring types. Like it's, it fills a void like, and that void would be filled, could be filled by lots of things, except that nothing has first class support except the dialyzers type specs. Those are the only things that have like language level support. And I think that that is sucky because it, it means that, we're locked into that as like the de facto standard way of like expressing the shape of data. And I, I just like fundamentally don't think that that's a good, like it's, 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 it's a fine way to express data, but it's not rich or expressive enough to do interesting things.
0: Yeah. I think you could, you could build something new that does the same kind of thing, but you would, you would really want to use the exact same syntax, uh, for expressing the types, if you wanted it to be heavily adopted.
1: Like well, I don't mean, I don't even tool. think Dialyzer is heavily adopted in Elixir, so I don't even really think that that's much of a problem.
0: I, I've, i yeah, I've run into very few projects out there that are using it. Um, but I,
1: There's I have. There's not a single one at Bleacher Report. We don't use it on a single one of our repos. Wow. Not a single one has Dialyzer running against it in CI.
0: So I don't know about CI, but um, my current client they they have the projects with Dialyzer, and when I ran Dialyzer locally, it all passed.
1: Cool, that's and cool. I about,
0: I about fell out of my chair.
1: You're like, wow! <laughs>
0: Seriously, people are using it, and they're using it properly. This is awesome. So I I do find in that it's been it's helpful when stepping through the project to to have the types there and know that those are actually. The types instead of just what somebody decided to put in there, because they do pass. You know that's so. So that's 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 cool, helpful. So I like that as more of a documentation thing, and and knowing that its documentation is correct. I guess I look at it borderline like doc tests. It's, yeah,
1: it's no, there I to mean, make sure that my documentation is right. I think that there's benefit, you know, to being able to specify certain things. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. It's just that. In terms of, like, there's costs to those things. Adding that, adding that, a- adding, like, going out of your way to support Dialyzer is expensive. Like, there's costs associated with that. It is not free. Um, right. And those costs can be substantial. And you need, like, in anything, you need to offset the costs with some benefit. And for me, the cost-benefit ratio isn't there. So... If if dialyzer
0: was didn't take forever to run on a significant size project, would you say that the cost benefit would be better? Like is it the time? Know. Is it the time that it takes no, to run?
1: It, that's part of that's certainly part of it. Because it's um, I, I hate running it locally. It's that's certainly part of it. Like in the best case scenario where you've already like pre-built a PLT and you're just running it again, it's still slow. Yep. Um I you know, I think there's benefits like there. Um, and I don't know that I have a great alternative solution to the problem here, but yeah, it's just not, I don't know. I, I'm disillusioned with it right now, but I'm also a curmudgeon. Like I don't do any of the stuff that the community thinks is good. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. serious. Like, I <laughs> just I don't. like <laughs> so I mean, like I don't run the formatter. I don't run credo if credo is in projects that I'm working on, I disable probably 95% of the checks. Like I turn them off. Cause I think most of them are non issues. And again, it gives you this illusion of security. Oh, because you ordered all your aliases by alpha. Like you alphabetized the order of your aliases. You've got better code now. And that's BS. Like that's like, that is not a thing that matters. So I just turn all that crap off. Actually.
0: I try to group them in logical groups, actually, if I have, A couple of aliases like three or four aliases and they're related i would rather have them in a logical group than an alphabetical order
1: yeah and i mean like and credo is a great tool like i mean yeah there's a lot of clearly a lot of effort and love has gone into that tool and and i don't mean to like to downplay that amount of effort that's gone into that yeah
0: renee's done a really good job
1: it's like a really really well polished library Like, a really well-polished library. And I think that they work really hard to keep up with the mainstream, like, community guidelines. Like, like, this is how we think the community ought to do things. I'm just not interested in that. Like, that's not a thing that is interesting to me personally. Like, I don't really care what the community thinks is good or bad. Part of that's arrogance, just because, like, I don't really feel like I need to be told what the community thinks is good or bad. And part of it's ambivalence of, like, I don't really... I just don't care i don't like I don't care if it if it conforms to community guidelines that is uninteresting to me as a as an objective
0: yeah i I don't so for me, I think it can help if you have new developers coming in just from like if there are other projects that they've been on, use them, and then you they've come into it. it's easier to, on the eyes to look at similar types of code and maybe allows them to to rock things a little faster uh i i don't really run credo on most things uh i do run the formatter just so that i don't have to talk about it with anybody because i've had some really really bad like nearly unreadable code and the formatter doesn't do things the way i I would necessarily do it but (laughs) it was way better than what i saw
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. My the the main goal when I'm writing code is to make it look nice. Not main goal. One of the goals I have when I'm like when I'm doing formatting, that's the right way to say it. One of my goals if I'm like writing code out is to make sure that it's readable and looks nice. And the formatter writes less readable code than I write. That's how I look at that. And to me, that means it's like fundamentally failed at its job. I don't give a shit if it's all if it's all consistent and the whole community is consistent, we could all make the whole community could be consistent. We could put everything on friggin' one line. It's inconsistent. Now <laughs> everybody's consistently crappy. <laughs> like I just don't care. And the, and like consistency is not, is a non goal. Like readability is a goal. Consistency is a, a complete non goal. And the, the fact that like, because consistency doesn't mean anything. Consist- you could be consistently bad everywhere, but it's consistent, and you've like checked the box. It's like saying that you know 100% test coverage is good. Like that doesn't mean anything. It's a, literally a meaningless uh, metric, right? Because it doesn't tell you anything about the about what you're actually testing or the problem space or or how well any, anything works, right? So like consistency is like a non. Is to me a, a super non-goal. Readability is like a real goal, but readability is a hard thing to to support and to do. Unless you do it by hand, and as far as I'm concerned, my code that's written by hand is more readable than what the formatter will produce by default.
0: I th- so I, I think, just don't use it. I think the problem is there's a uh, a little bit of aesthetic and stuff that just can't be expressed in something like a formatter. Like they they can't say, "Well, this line it's okay that it's three characters longer," like because it is way right, more readable. So there's there's some rules. decision points, yeah. right? You you mm-hmm. don't have a bridge formatter for engineers <laughs> so that everybody's mm-hmm. bridge looks the same. Um because there's different form and function. So I I get that. I still run it, but but I understand. That's what you're good. I mean, I mean that.
1: I have to run it for most of our projects. Like it's it's enforced on most of our repos, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But like I don't have it set up to like, you know, it's not hooked into my editor or anything like that. So on all my personal stuff, it's it's just unformatted. It's Keithly formatted. Keithly formatted. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You should you should write about Keithly formatting. No, because Actually, what's, the, go, what's even just, what's even the point? No I'll one's going
0: to use it. Like I'll no one would read, care.
1: I'll just go read your open source, <laughs> and then learn Keithley formatting that way. But so this is kind of what I mean. Like I just don't. I'm just not in, like ambivalent to the whims of what the community thinks is good or bad. Like it's just uninteresting to me yeah as a as a discussion to have
0: <laughs> you, you, you'd rather talk about how to design a distributed
1: system than what the code looks like. I'd rather talk about how to build like good software that works and like the like stuff like discussions about like s- like stylistic choices to me are the most self-indulgent non-issues like and they're also just they're they're like literally non issues like they literally don't matter like on the scheme of things like on the on the and on the big on, if you're looking at like actual big picture right like at the very like if you're looking at the pyramid of problems that we have in software development at the very top at the actual very top is did i understand the requirements that were asked of me Like, did I, did I even, did I even get past step zero? Did I even understand what the business wanted? That's actually a hard problem. And like figuring out how to verify that, like, did I even understand that is like a personal goal that we all should like uh, strive to, to achieve, right? Like figuring out how to get good at that is like really important. And then right below that is, did I build a thing that is correct, given that I understood what the requirements were. And those two things often go hand in hand. Like you just misunderstand the requirements, you just build the wrong thing. But it's, it's also equally likely that you fully understood the requirements, but then what you built was wrong. And figuring out how to verify that is also very hard. And those are like way, way, way at the very top of that pyramid. And then there's a giant gap And then below that are are actual problems, like technical problems. And those technical problems are like concurrency. You know, did I, like, am I going to lock this thing? And then below that's like performance. Like, Is this thing fast enough to actually do what I need it to do? And then below that is like fault tolerance, right? You have those kinds of things. And then there's another giant gap. And then way, 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 way below that is do the types line up? Like did I did did I get the types wrong? <laughs> and that's like I, I a super were... non issue for the most most of the time. And then way 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 below that, literally below the surface of the world, below the line, a complete non issue, but an issue that we make for ourselves is how does this code look?
0: You wait, wait, wait. You just said a little bit ago that you format it better than the formatter. So the way yes. the code looks matters to you. <laughs> But I do understand that the format is, like, the least of our problems. There, we have right. so many problems that are so much harder than formatting that, that well, that's, maybe I, we that's should more concentrate say, like, on the harder problems.
1: That's more to say, like, this is why I feel completely justified in like, disregarding the formatter but this is why i i've decided that it's okay to use like we have the same justification yeah yeah that's for fine that's actually it's, that's actually totally fine again and but that's my point it, this is why it's a non-issue because if it was an actual issue we could probably actually come to a consensus about this like we it would be much easier to decide how we felt about it yeah <laughs> but like i mean it, it goes back to like the way i feel about like you know being told to do erlang you know Like, nah, you can come over here and mow my lawn. Like the appeal to authority of this is how the community does it is, is not a good enough justification for me to do any given thing.
0: Understood. Understood.
1: And, and so like left to my own devices. Yeah. I'll just do it however I want because it doesn't matter. And I'd rather it like look nice to me. Yeah. I do what I want. (laughs)
0: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you, you should be like, able to look at your. We code could have and an actual
1: discussion. Like, if if this was a thing that was even like in the pyramid of things that matter, we could probably have a discussion about it. But it's, it's super not. We should we
0: should make a a food pyramid of of things to discuss in Elixir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, but everybody's going to have their own pyramid. That's the pyramid for me. Like. You're all gonna have your own pyramids. Oh well,
0: I when you're telling me your pyramid, I agree with you. I just go the opposite direction <laughs> in how I handle it. It's like just run the formatter. Like who cares? <laughs> Move <laughs> on. Formatting's not worth talking about. Move on. <laughs> um, sure. although I think that's, uh, that's valid the fo- too. The formatter is is one of a million reasons why I don't use Go. So <laughs> <laughs> But I I you know I, I do miss that the formatter. I think also takes a little bit of, and, and this this is going to sound maybe maybe pretentious, and I can see you as being a person who would be like, shut up, Amos. <laughs> so go ahead, but it takes away a, a bit of artisticness to writing code.
1: No, I completely agree with that. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna tell you to shut up about that. <laughs> like I I no, I completely agree with that. At the end of the day, like this is an engineering as much as we like desperately want to cling to that title, right? Shh, like shh, don't, don't tell anybody. This is this is you know the best software is books it's novels it's not bridges like the stuff that like changes the world and the stuff that at least to us like the stuff that is impactful has a ton of what i would call art in it go go, re- go read the code for latex it is a book well yeah but i mean <laughs> but like you think but i mean the other thing the other thing is like it's written it's typically like the best stuff is typically written by like one person Maybe team. two people, maybe two people. Well, the stuff that like changes the landscape, do you, the stuff that like changes the, the 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 way that we think about programming. Yeah, so, it's typically so written by like one one person. Do you have uh, maybe a couple of examples that that we should look up? Late- any is, Late- is the one that I think. Any of the programming languages that I mentioned a minute ago, with the exception of like Racket, R- was Racket designed by committee? Well, I mean, not 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 exactly but like it's racket has a whole different kind of story and lineage to it Mm -hmm. it wasn't designed by committee in the way that like haskell was like literally designed by committee yeah but you know it has a different lineage like oh you should read up on it but like you look at like any of these things that kind of you know any of these things that we kind of cleave to that that like you know we feel like kind of move the world forward Mm -hmm. yeah they're written by like one to three individuals most of the time it's one and I'm not saying that that's true for everything obviously there's stuff that totally changes the landscape that is written by giant committees worth of people yeah but I think it's it's there's a shocking a shockingly um it turns out that the things that people really like or at least point to as like interesting or good design are written by like you know, a singular human. I I wonder how much that has to do with whenever you're looking at the design that when it's a single person, there's a lot of consistency there. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. I think it's consistency. And I think having one of you, it means that there's constraints around it. Like you just can't build all of it. Right. You know, and, and and I, you know, that's a well-observed thing. Like, you get more people involved and now all of a sudden there's all this like room to build all the interesting features and then you get a much worse design at the end of it because now you, now you can do all the things you do do all the things and you don't make any of the interesting choices that you could have made. And obviously these projects grow and then get adopted by much, you know, many, many, many more people and then they all get involved and you can support sort of a larger ecosystem. But, you know, if you look at the things that kind of that are interesting. Like, the interesting works that are out there. Yeah, they're started by individuals. The yeah, the beginning. Even Elixir. Like, at the beginning, it was one. I mean, Elixir, like, Closure, Git, you know, like, these are all things that, like, are started by individuals with, like, a goal. And then, you know, obviously, they get adopted and they get much more traction and all this kind of stuff. No, oh, and then, then, you you get, know, then you get the help. All these, you there's get the all help to Right. But, you know, obviously everybody's kind of stealing prior art from all these different places and all this kind of stuff. But like, but yeah. And so I think it would be impossible to have any individual like that without with with a set of design criteria and a thing that they really want to build for that for that not to be considered art, you know, for it for it not to be at least a little bit of an artistic expression of of your own self, which is all that art is anyway. Like you wanted to bring something into the world and you did like yeah for me that's totally that's that's like that's when I'm feeling most fulfilled is when I figure out when I want to bring something into the world and then I have like liberty to to apply whatever I want like onto that to use all these different experiences I've had or creativity or whatever to like bring that to bear on the problem and I'm uninterested in, in like whitewashing programming down to this you know to bridge building Mm -hmm. that's like much less interesting to me on a personal level. Like that's less fulfilling to me on a personal level. There's value in building bridges and you can make them pretty. There's some artistic stuff that goes into that too. Sure. But, but but I think, yeah, I think that there is a, there is the ability to do both. Right. But you know, that's, that's my take on it.
0: Most bridges are built for utility only. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they all look the same how many overpasses have you seen that are super exciting <laughs> yeah not not a lot so I've, I've gotta get out of here in a little bit but i I really wanted to just'm I'm, I'm excited about going to elixir Conf and lazy Riverconf and all the stuff that we've been putting together for a lazy riverconf that I think is going to be super exciting
1: yeah I'm really really excited. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited to be there, I hang out with people. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's my that's the thing I'm excited most about.
0: Yeah, I, I miss my friends.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like it's been a long while since I've seen anybody. Since
0: when was the last time Lone Star? Is that your last conference?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. I have a bunch of them right in a row now, though. Strange Loop, Papers We mm-hmm. Love, Elixir Conf, Gig City. My my fall is full.
1: Yeah, my the the tail end of this year is going to be jam packed with stuff. That's how I feel about it right now. And right before Gig City is a Code Code Beam Light in New York too. It's coming up, mm-hmm.
0: that's, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. It's too close. I have two two conferences in a row. I've done that once in my life, and when I came home, my wife was like, "All right, you you were gone too long."
1: So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've and I've had that discussion before.
0: And then I I'm also excited about some of the stuff I've been seeing in the Erling ecosystem foundation and and what they're trying to do building up the community uh i even went so far as to become a corporate sponsor there so that's pretty oh, cool. cool that's awesome yeah I, th- I thought i'd put my money where my mouth is i i really like the language and and where it's going and and i just want to be able to not just the language but the the whole ecosystem in general i'm i'm interested in looking into gleam just for for fun i don't know much about it other than it's typed and so I, I've been wanting to sit down and be able to spend a little time checking out Gleam.
1: And yeah, that'll be fun. It seems cool. I haven't really looked at it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know much typing. That's it. <laughs> yep.
0: So we'll I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Uh, and if you don't know about the Erling Foundation, I'm not talking to you now, but but all the listeners, like, go go check it out. See what you think. Give feedback. You can give me feedback. I'm on the marketing team, or you can you can just. Uh, search around on the site, talk about it in the community and, and see how we, what we can do better to help serve the community. Thanks, Chris.
1: You're welcome. For letting me spill
0: all those beans.
1: And don't forget to stop by and see us
0: at lazy river conf. I don't know if this, this should come out before then. Maybe not. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but
0: but stop by, see us. Um, We've got uh, some special edition stuff that will only be given out at lazy river conf. And, a- and after that, they will not be ordered again. They will be
1: gone. it will be gone. It's going fast. That's right. Gone forever. <laughs> All right, Chris. Have a great day. All right. Later, man. Talk to you later.
0: Bye.